Let's have a prayer, and then we'll, open, we'll jump into the word. Lord, thank you for uh, the hope and life that comes to us through your word. Thank you uh, for how your word uh, causes our faith to grow. It causes our hearts to be open. And uh, Holy Spirit, we want you to come and uh, partner with the word. Because we don't want just the word, but we want uh, demonstrations of the power of God in our lives. And so we just invite you to do your work in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I came from a broken home, a broken family, and I know what can happen by the redeeming power of Jesus, because it happened to me. (laughs) I'm not just up here speaking a bunch of words. (laughs) I'm not just up here rehearsing something that somebody told me. I know the power of Jesus to change lives and to bring hope and help. And I'm really excited about this next series. We're just going to be welcoming the series today, introducing it a little bit, but it's called Transformed. And we're going to be giving opportunities for transformation to come into your life. Maybe you've walked in your life with a certain hurt or with a certain discouragement or a certain uh, failure or failing. Maybe your family is going through a challenge. I know that Jesus wants to transform you and he wants to transform the situations that you're in. And we are very excited to be bringing this message because we believe it's going to be transforming to you powerful in your life. Aren't you ready to be transformed? I'm ready. I'm ready. You turn to the person beside and just say, I am ready. I am ready. You know, you know, words, words can be powerful. Words can be okay. Words can be good. They can bring help. They can bring encouragement. Uh, words can motivate you. Uh, they can inspire you. They can make you laugh and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I just thought I would just encourage you with some Proverbs uh, today as we start. Some words of wisdom. uh, The staff call these Gregisms around here. (laughs) It doesn't matter what everyone thinks of you. It doesn't matter. Millions of mosquitoes find you extremely attractive. (laughs) 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 The only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. Huh? Isn't it, isn't it true? People are talking about everybody and you just want, oh, please talk about me. <laughs> you remember that thing I did, you know? Uh, we're, we're with our grandkids and we're telling stories about the different grandkids. I can see the youngest ones are just like, is he going to say something about me? <laughs> so make sure I always include little Toby. Um. The nap you take, this is one I just learned, my daughter just taught me this one. The nap you take on the couch before you go to bed is called a nappetizer. <laughs> huh? Doesn't that just change your perspective? Mind blowing. You've been, you've been, you've been talking yourself down, you know, like I've, I take a nap before I go to bed. Well, now you know how awesome the nappetizer is. Huh? The nappetizer. Here's another one, another Gregism. You can pick your friends, and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Huh? 
Have you ever met anybody that's all talk and no action? Have you ever met anybody like that? They're just all talk. They promise you something or they're telling you stories, but you never see any action in your lives. Well, I want to just remind us, and I think we all know this is true, that actions speak louder than words, don't they? Isn't it true? So I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes about someone who not just talked the talk, but he walked the walk, okay? And uh, it's found in the Bible, but I just want to encourage you with this, that God proved his love for you in this, not just words. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Isn't that amazing? He didn't just say he loved you. He put it on the line and he proved it. The good news, and we're going to read uh, the, from the story that I read earlier, the, the account on Luke chapter 24, if you're following in your Bible. I don't think this one's on the screen, but we'll read these uh, of this account. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Come on. Come on. He is risen. Remember how he told you, there's the words, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified, and on the third day he was be raised again. There's the action, and ends in verse 8 with this statement, they remembered his words, right? Words become powerful when they're backed up. With actions. And Jesus gave his word, then he lived by them, and then they remembered his words to be powerful. You see, Jesus proved his love for you in his death, and he proves his love for you today because of his resurrection. He proved his love with actions, not with words. Not just words, but action. You know, Jesus didn't die. To make bad people good. You know, sometimes we get this idea that Jesus died just to make bad people that could not become good. He just died to make them good. But the Bible says that he died to make dead people, people that had no hope. People that were living in a hopeless marriage. People that were in a dead end job. People that tried to break free from the bondage and the hurt that they were in. And they were powerless to do it. They had given up on life. They were essentially dead. Those are the people Jesus died for. He died to make dead people alive. To make people new. Forgiveness is a wonderful gift. Don't get me wrong. It's wonderful that we can be forgiven by the shed blood of Jesus and his power over death. And this is part of the work of the cross. The work of the cross is not limited, though, to just being a racer for our sin. It's not just, it's not just an eraser for our past sin. 
But it's much bigger. The cross has the power to transform your life, my life, to make us complete and new. This is what Peter said in 1 Peter 1 verse 3. I think this one will be on the screen. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth. That means he's made you again. That's where we get the idea of being born again. He made you new. He made you being born new into a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus from the dead. You see, Jesus' act of love has the power to make you and I new. You know, when I was a young guy, I remember my, old, uh, my old, oldest in my family of the siblings is my brother. And he had his friends over. They were teenagers. And they were playing with our croquet set. And they were playing a game of croquet. And one of his friends, big, strong guy, busted the croquet racket, the club. You know that thing? You guys are all looking at me like, what's croquet? Explain that to me. Well, he busted the stick, and it, I remember it was, it, was like, like, it was like splintered. And I remember thinking, oh, no, my mom is going to kill you. <laughs> a slow and painful death. <laughs> I was a little guy, and my, sure, my eyes were as big as plates. Oh, no. This guy's name was Rosie. His, his name was Roosevelt, and everybody called him Rosie. And he looked wide-eyed, too, like, oh, no. And I thought, oh, this guy is in big trouble. Well, you know what happened? I was wondering, how is he going to fix this? In Rosie's mind, he wasn't even thinking of fixing it. He went home and came back a few days later, and he had made a brand new, his dad had a woodworking shop and he had made, with a lathe, made a new croquet handle. It was nicer than all of the other handles. Huh? Tell me. He was not thinking of, he was not thinking of fixing it. He was thinking of making it new. You know, Jesus is not here to fix you. He's here to make you new. And by the power of the cross, he has the power to do it. Are you facing a loss? Are you facing a difficulty? Are you facing a brokenness? Are you facing something in your life and you say, this is beyond repair? Well, I want to tell you this morning that Jesus has the power to make you new. He has the power to bring life into those broken places of your life. You know, the cross, we see it as an instrument of death. But the cross was also the path that led to the resurrection. You can't have a resurrection without first a death. That's how it works. That's how it goes. Galatians 2 verse 20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. That sounds painful, doesn't it? The suffering you're going through sounds painful. The hurt that you're going through, that sounds painful. And I no longer live, Paul said, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You know, Jesus' goal is not suffering. It's not death. God is not punishing you for what you've encountered in your life. But Jesus' greatest joy is to lead you to new life and to me to new life 
and he does this through the work of the cross. John 10, verse 10, Jesus said these very words. The thief, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anybody ever encounter the devil's work in their lives? Yeah, I think you see some heads nodding, some hands raised. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. What power does the cross have today? And I, I just want to remind you that this series that we're entering in, Transformed, is about changing your heaven, or you're changing your hell into heaven. You know, the challenges, the challenges and the suffering that you're going through in your day-to-day -day life, the things that we face that are difficult can produce death in us, but Jesus wants them to produce life through resurrection power. Jesus can turn our temptations. He can turn our trials. He can turn our broken relationships. He can turn our regrets into opportunities for new life to spring up and come. Not just a repair job, but a new life job. Isn't that, that that's what Jesus does. So what power, yeah, what power does the cross have today? Number one, I want to give you three, really quick. The cross can break our bondages. The cross has power to break our bondages. Romans 6 verse 6 says, We know that our old life died with Christ on the cross so that our sinful selves would no longer have power over us. No longer have power. Isn't that awesome? That our bondages could be broken. You know, it's our natural human inclination to hurt others when they hurt us, isn't it? Huh? When someone hurts us, our first response is often to lash out and hurt them back. Try to do something that even hurts them more than they hurt you. If someone says something bad about you, you want to say something bad about them. Isn't it true? Is it just me? You guys are all looking at me really quiet like. <laughs> hey, I'm human too. I'm not up here pointing fingers. This is some struggles that we go through, bondages. Isn't it true? And Jesus died on the cross to break the things that bind us. Oh, that's such good news. That's why I celebrate. That's why you see me jumping around in church and celebrating, clapping and singing and shouting. It's not because, you know, I'm, well, I am kind of crazy. <laughs> but I'm excited about what Jesus has done for me and can do for me and he wants to do for you. You know, we tend to hold on to our hurts, though. We tend to hold on to our struggles. We, we hold on to our unforgiveness. And we end up with bondages. Things like bitterness, guilt, resentment, worry. We were learning about that in our freedom session. And how often those things lead us even into uh, substance dependencies. Because we're trying to medicate ourselves from our hurts. <laughs> But Jesus has another medicine, and it's the cross. Oh, man, he wants to bring new life to us. You know, what hurt have you been hanging on to? Maybe you've gone over this hurt a thousand times in your mind. What your parents did, what a sibling did, what your spouse said. Every time you think about it, it hurts. And you think about it, you replay it, and you think, oh, if I would just be back there again, and then I would have said this, and I would have really got them back if I would have done that. And oh, yeah, I don't know about you. Let me ask you a very important question. How badly 
do you want to be set free from the bondage that's holding you back? Do you want to be set free? Do you want to let it go? Well, the cross has the power to free you from grudges and grief and resentments. There's nothing outside of the cross that can empower you to let go of these things any better. They might be weighing you down. And on the cross, Jesus broke the power of sin and death and bondage for our lives. I want you just to think for a moment. This would be kind of like a laboratory of the person that you need to let go of that thing that hurt you. The person that hurt you maybe planted that seed of bitterness in you. And I'm just going to invite you to pray right now. Jesus, I invite you by the power of the cross to make my heart new. You've overcome death and the grave. You've overcome sin and bondage by the power of the cross, by overcoming it, by resurrection. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Give me supernatural ability to let these things go. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to give me the power to forgive those who have hurt me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on. Come on. People that prayed that prayer, I'm praying that every time that hurt comes to your mind, you choose to forgive. You choose to pray for those who hurt you. Number two, what can the, uh, what can the cross do? What does the cross have power to do? Uh, it has power. The cross has power to heal our brokenness. 1 Peter 2.24 says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. That's Jesus carried your sin on, in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. That's a powerful truth of the cross. That's a powerful truth that the cross has a power to heal our brokenness. You know, most of us, we're glad to, to, uh, we're glad to brag, brag about an injury. We're, we're uh, glad to uh, brag about something that we faced that we had to be treated for. You know, like how bad that thing, that car accident was that I went through, or that ski accident, or that, that tooth I broke, or the bone I broke, or the stitches. You know, I had a surgery this year, uh, earlier this year, and uh, when my son-in-law, Jared, came over to my house, I lifted my shirt up, and I said, look at this. And he went, whoa. <laughs> whoa, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> we do. We brag about our, our hurts and pains. Hey, it's kind of fun. But how many times, how many times have we bragged about our broken hearts and our crushed spirits? You know, most of us try to hide those. We try to gloss over them. We walk around with a smile on our face like nothing is wrong. But Jesus himself said that he came to bind up the brokenhearted, those who are crushed in their spirits, those who had given up. Huh? That's who he came to touch and to heal. And he went to the cross to bring healing and hope to your heart. His desire is to help you and to bring wholeness to you in this area where you might feel shame. Your hurt is not there to punish you. It's there to give you, give the grace of God an opportunity to bring healing to your life. Number three, uh, 
What does the cross have power to do? The cross has power to fill our emptiness. Now, 1 Peter 2, verse 4 says, Come to the Lord, the living stone, rejected by people as worthless, but chosen by God as valuable. You know, most of us are looking for something to fill us, something that will fulfill us. And we look for all kinds of things, a new car, a, a new house, a better friend, a better, a, a better encounter with pleasure and whatever. We, we want to be filled. And two things uh, usually determine the value of a person or value of a thing. And I, I watched this show called Pawn Stars. I don't know if you guys have watched that with uh, Rick and, and Corey and Chumley and Old Man. You know those guys? And they sell stuff in their, in their pawn shop. And one of the things I learned about uh, value of things is the value of something depends on what someone is willing to pay for it. Right? And the second thing is, is what, uh, who owns it or owned it. If someone famous owned something, then the value of it goes way up. Or if they, if they own it, the value of it, or if they made it or whatever, the value goes way up. Here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23 says. You have been bought and paid for by Christ. So now you belong to him. <laughs> you want to know two things that raise your value? There they are in that verse. You have been bought and paid for by Jesus with his precious blood. He laid down his life for you. He suffered and died a humiliating death, a shameful death for you. That's your value. That's your value. You know, it might be a free gift, but it wasn't that it didn't cost him everything. It costed him everything. You cost him everything he had, and you also belong to him. The two things that raise your value. Huh? Am I telling you? This is what the Bible tells us, and this is what Pawn Stars tells us. Both things. They both agree. <laughs> Jesus paid the highest price for you. Amen. Peter uses this picture in 1 Peter chapter 2 of God building a building with living stones. And it says Jesus was one of those stones. Jesus was the perfect person. And yet, it says, the people rejected him. They rejected him. He was perfect. And he was rejected. Huh? That's what it says about Jesus. Somehow we think if we become perfect, people will stop rejecting us. Huh? They'll start recognizing our value. I want to tell you that Jesus knows your value. You are valuable to him. Enough that he gave his life for you. The cross proves it. The next time you're questioning your self-worth, remember this, that Jesus thought you were worth his life. <laughs> and now you're forever part of his family. You know, the power of the cross says rejection and emptiness in our lives and here. That's what it says. The power of the cross says that rejection and emptiness in our lives and here. So how do we activate the power of the cross in our lives? Well, the Bible says it's an act of our faith. We put our hope and our trust in Jesus. We invite him into our lives. The Bible says those that call on the name of the Lord will 
be saved. That's what the Bible says. That's how we do it. We open our hearts and we admit to him. We need him. We need his forgiveness. We need him to come and restore our lives, to bring new life to us, new hope to us. We ask him in humility to do his work in our lives. You know, everyone comes to the cross the same way. We come to Jesus the same way, and it's with a humble heart. And that's why you often see people on their knees because they're saying, Jesus, I'm willing to get down on my knees and admit to you, I need you. I've tried every other way, and your way is the best way. It's the only way. (laughs) So this morning, if you're here, I want to encourage you. Let's not just be here. Let's be here and let's activate the power of the cross in our lives to break our bondages, to heal our brokenness, and to fulfill our emptiness. I want to end with this last scripture because this is what we're going to do at the end of our service. I'm on time, right, babe? Where's my... Where's Jalissa? I don't see her. I'm, I'm on time, right? Stefan? You guys are all looking at me like, I don't know what time you're supposed to be done. <laughs> Help me out. I said, babe, I, I'm sorry. I called my daughter. My daughter works here. Just in case you're wondering, I'm not calling my staff babe. <laughs> and she keeps me on my toes. She's kind of, she's kind of uh, watching over everything. And uh, I want to just end with this last scripture of how we can activate the power of the cross in our lives. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That means the old part of us, the sinful us, was, life was ended. We were therefore buried with him. So you kind of imagine those people that are being baptized this morning, when they come up here, they're saying, you know what? I'm giving up my old life. Jesus gave up his own life on the cross, and so that's the picture we have that Paul paints in Romans chapter 6, that our old life is being crucified. And he says, then when we get into this, there's uh, water in here, just by the way, in case you're wondering. And we put ice cubes in there just to make it really comfy. <laughs> and when, when uh, these ones, these candidates get baptized, these people that have said, you know what, I'm not going to live my way any longer. They go under the water. They're like being buried. Huh? The picture is being buried with Jesus. I'm being buried. My old life is being buried. And when they come up, they say, Pastor, don't hold me under too long. <laughs> one, one guy I baptized actually said, Pastor, hold me under for a very long time. That old man needs to die. <laughs> so we hold them under, we raise them up, and they're raised to new life. Huh? New life. New life. New life. So when we see people giving themselves to water baptism, they're saying, I'm giving up on my old life. I'm giving up on the bondages. I'm giving up on the brokenness. I'm giving up on the emptiness. I'm giving up on it. 
I've tried in my own strength to fix it. And Jesus is saying, I have the power to make you new. Transform your life. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Amen. Well, we're just going to close with a prayer, and Jared's coming up. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to respond to your work on the cross. You overcome death and sin by the cross. You overcame it and gave opportunity for new life through your resurrection. And today, Lord, those that are in this room that need you, Jesus, are opening their hearts to you right now people in this room, Jesus lived the perfect life. That's why he has the qualifications to forgive you. He never sinned. He gave his life as a sacrifice of sin for your life. (laughs) What a love. What a love. And today we can receive that gift that he bought for us. Bought and paid for. (laughs) He values you. And so today we receive by faith Jesus. We ask you to forgive us. Make us new. Transform our lives by the power of your resurrection. We receive you and we invite you. Lord, not just with words. We don't want to be about words. We want to be people of action. We want to live for you. We want to follow you. We're going to lay our lives down for you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.